Yo, yo, yo. Gym is now back open. Overrun with BTG. Got a special one tonight. So, let's get started. The ghost of MJ. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Talking 6'6", 216 pounds, arguably one of the best, you know, if not the best player we've ever seen in basketball, maybe in sports, period, right? You know, the god of the shooting guard position, the ambassador of the number 23, the owner of the infamous number 12 jersey. Y'all remember the number 12 jersey? He didn't wear it a lot. <laughs> uh, he the only player slash athlete that made the number 45 popular for like seven months. You know, the the six for six that never seen the seven, the MVP mogul, the art of flying by Miguel Jeffrey J. He was he was something special, man. Um, you know, why is the ghost so hard to catch yet very addictive to chase? Well, I mean, you gotta measure you know, these players that we see nowadays, there was players that was in the league with him, that came after him, um, and probably just in the future that will always be compared to Michael Jordan if they have those certain traits or a certain style that MJ, you know, blessed us with. The fadeaway, the footwork, the, the toughness, the flying. You know, when you... um. I don't want to say when you perfect, because I don't think anybody perfected his craft. I think Kobe is probably the only player that came close. But even him, you know, it's just carbon copy, you know. So you can even call it a knockoff. But there were certain players that came in the league and uh, was, was compared to him. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but it was definitely a style of play that I don't know we was used to. I'm pretty sure there was other players in the league who was just as aggressive, but he was so precise and 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 his accuracy uh it, it, it was it was just I mean everybody was just drawn to the way his game was formatted. You know, he was a, a very dominant type of player at one of the most popular positions. So let's start from the beginning. I say we can start from the 70s. So after Bill Russell had retired, you know, the NBA was in like a, a, a competitive, just a little competitive nature with, uh, with the, uh, the, the crosstown, I guess you can call it crosstown league, the ABA, right? So... I guess you can call it competitive, but seeing that, you know, eight teams won a title within 10 years, I can almost say that the odds of repeating was, you know, extremely low. So I guess you can call it competitive, you know, eight out of the 10 years, you know, eight different teams have won a title. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, the Raidens was down in the league, you know, in the 70s in the NBA. So, but... Even though with the ratings being that, that low, you still had some great stars out there. It's a lot of star quality. You had Willis Reed, you know, Oscar Robertson, you know, my main man, Jerry West, a.k.a. the Logo Thief. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll tell y'all why he's the Logo Thief, but not during this episode. Elgin Baylor. Uh, and, of course, you had Kareem. But even, 
even with those players, it was just, it was, they were a part of a team. You know what I'm saying? In some cases, a part of a dynasty. MJ was part of a dynasty too, but I'm going to break down the difference between being part of a team and probably, you know, damn near the team. So it picks up in the 80s when the NBA came back to life. You know what I'm saying? Um, we could thank, we basically can thank Magic and Bird for that. And those two dynasties, those two dynasties that they were a part of, the league soaked and they dwelled in that Boston and LA rivalry. You know, I mean, history, you know, you can just go back into NBA history and you can see, <clears throat> I wouldn't necessarily call it bad blood, but it was a nice competitive uh, rivalry going back and forth between that green and white and that purple and gold, you know what I mean? Um, and that's what the league, you know, that's what the league had pretty much based their uh, pitch on. Like, you know, you had Showtime versus, you know, I don't know what they was calling them niggas up in Boston, <laughs> but, you know, we had Showtime out here in L.A. So you also had, you know, you also had the Detroit Pistons as well, you know, um, they definitely had some marquee players over there. And they, you know, they was all surrounded by players who could be leaders on other teams. You know, uh, L.A. loved that. Like I said, L.A. loved that fast break teamwork. And Boston appreciated that grimy and self-discipline they had over there. They was sort of like bullies, you know. And speaking of bullies, uh, we all know that the bad boys, you know, in Detroit, they had like they were like a tag team a wrestling tag team was inside of a team. You know what I'm saying? So they you had some bullies over there in the Eastern Conference. You know, as far as the Western Conference, I mean, we was considered bullies too, but not we didn't get too physical. We didn't get too physical. We was more showboating. You know, we it was entertainment on 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 the West Coast. You know. Um, and speaking of them bullies on the East Coast, MJ ran into those Eastern teams early on, and it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Um, but like, like I said, the world's seen those magical passes. They, you know, they even seen that unstoppable shot and that bird that flew through three straight MVPs. So you know, MJ had some competitive competition uh, within the league. Period. Overall. Um, Definitely, but we've never seen a player quite like MJ. You know, the skill set of the immortal, I call him the immortal mercenary. You know, one of the most feared individuals in sports, period. Well, except for baseball. <laughs> but the numerous players that, that chase that man's shadow are even mentioned as, uh, you know, top comparable options like I said, you got the Kobe's, you got the LeBron's, Harold Miner, you know, at one point Vince Carter. The list goes on and, you know, it, it, it continues to go. It, there's always going to be a player that, you know, whether you're point guard, uh, shooting guard or small forward, you're going to be with that style of play carrying the team, you know, sometimes at MJ that ghost of MJ is going to come up, you know, it's going to come up. It can be early in a career. It can be in the middle of their career, but, you know, it's definitely going to come up. So the list goes on and even comes 
uh, more and more comical though. Like, like uh, teams were thirsty to try and embarrass MJ, but at the same time, like he was intimidating. Well, except for it, it, I don't know about Iverson. I don't think Iverson was afraid of him, but these players was afraid of. Him. You know, they there were there were a few interviews. I can't really name the players right now, but there were a couple of uh, players that, you know, faced MJ for the first time and had got subbed in and had to, you know, had to play against MJ or or it was times where MJ was pissed off and then a cat got subbed in or something something like that. And they were, you know, it was they it, it was intimidating. It was intimidating. Uh, but MJ did that. He had that look. You know what I'm saying? And we're talking about a cat that on a bad night, he's going to put up some great numbers. So just imagine, just imagine when he's in the zone. You know what I mean? It's over. It's over, you know? Um, and the reason why is MJ had a problem. MJ had a problem, a huge problem. You see, we're talking about a man that he paid for the flight, room and board for a man that got picked over him in high school. MJ, drug of choice besides gambling and dark liquor was accomplishments and moments. His ego, his ego, his ego pushed him to, to just stretch his arm the length of a half court to beat some damn aliens in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all remember the game where, you know, they called the timeout, commercial break, and he's hanging, like, slouched over on Scottie Pippen's shoulder. You know, a lot of people call that the flu game. We all know he's a bit hungover. Anyhow, you know, Michael Jordan, his vision board was probably the Pistons and the Knicks. <laughs> that's that, you know, to be... the. To be frank with you, he pro that's that's much how much of a chip he had on his he had on his shoulder. He wanted to be the best in the game, um, and that's what uh, that's what I take like from that era, which is arguably one of the best eras. I mean, there's different type of eras. We're talking about the '80s. We're talking about the '90s. You got the early 2000s. You know, MJ was a he was a part of all three. He didn't. He didn't do so well in in the, in the early two thousands because that was towards the end of his career. You know, he didn't want to give the game up. And remember, he took two years off. So, you know, I guess he kind of made up. He tried to make up for it, but he was a part of some rough eras. And he had his bumps. He had his bruises. He tripped a couple of times, but at the end of the day, he got back in the gym. And he was around, you know, he was around some great players, uh, Hall of Fame coach. And, you know, he took advantage of that. And with that, we talking about six championship rings. Now, forget all the jewelry and personal accolades and things like that. Him as a player was just, just something different. You know, he created the whole, I want to be like, you know, I want to be like Mike. You know, he got a shoe catalog that's arguably the best ever in sports history, probably in the world. Uh, people today are still wearing his shoes. They're still camping out. It's ridiculous, but that this was the effect that he had that he had on 
just on a world period. They know Michael Jordan pretty much everywhere. And I don't think anybody will be able to duplicate that. You know, um, like I said, Kobe Bryant is probably the closest player that mimicked him. That was damn near a, mi a mirror or a shadow, you know. Um, LeBron James is often compared to him, even though it's two different positions, two different styles of play, two different type of engines, you know. Uh, Jordan, of course, is probably, probably the god of all, you know, strikers, killers. You know what I'm saying? That last shot, we know who's shooting it. Whereas LBJ, he doesn't care to take the to la the the last shot all the time. Uh, he looks more for the better play than the better shot. Um, and of course, you know his chances of catching that goes. And that sailed away a long time ago because LBJ, as of right now, has a bad finals record um, and played in a couple of Game 7s. You know, whereas MJ, he doesn't know what a Game 7 is. And he never will because he's retired. Kobe, the same thing. Finals record a little bit better. And he was one chip away from tying it. And it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. So that's why I say it's still comical that Besides those two names that I just mentioned, there's nobody else that should be compared to MJ. You know, MJ is definitely one-on-one, -on -one and that ghost will probably never be caught. Never. Never. So I just wanted to put a special episode out uh, highlighting this certain player. Because even in, even in my personal top five, I don't have MJ. And that's nothing against him. Or anything like that. It's just, it was certain players that I grew up liking, that I really liked, that I thought, you know, deserved to be in my top five. And there also, there's also a non-biased top five that I created. Um, and matter of fact, in my previous show, and I wrote down a lot of numbers, you know, from championships to personal um, achievements, uh, the length of your playing career, you know, there's a lot of stats involved, style of play. Um, and he's in, he's definitely in that top five, but I have him three overall. And let me explain something. MJ doesn't have to be in my top five. MJ doesn't have to be in the top five. or Well, he doesn't have to be the top player in the top five. But I'm not mad if he is, you know, because I've seen him play majority of his career. And majority of his career, he pretty much dominated. Some say those two, um, <laughs> those two uh, championships that at Houston uh, got to, you know, maybe that would have just narrowed it down to one. But we don't know, man. We don't know that Chicago Bulls team was 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 definitely uh, powerful, and they had an MJ, you know. And when MJ came back, MJ came back. I I personally believe that the the second the second three peat MJ to me was the best MJ that I've ever seen. So that's including his early careers, that's including the first three peat MJ, and that that that's also including, you know, the his in his ending uh the end of his career, obviously. But there will never be another Michael Jordan. 
even his sons didn't come close to his sons didn't even come close to what he did in college. You know, and he left a legacy behind that you can't scratch it. You can't, you know. Um, but like I said, year after year, decade after decade, era after era, there would be a player or two to come along and definitely fall short. Like I said, Kobe Bryant is probably the player that comes close. Even MJ said himself that Kobe was the closest one, but we can still laugh at that. We can still laugh at that because if you're chasing your master and you fall short, I don't think he was ever going to catch it, you know? So to me, you can't catch an immortal ghost. And that immortal ghost was MJ. So salute to MJ. Um, yeah, one of the best to ever do it.